Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Reformed Meditations. I'm Lee, and I'm back again with Josh from Shepherd's Cast. What is up this evening, Joshua? Not much, just recording a podcast. <laughs> oh, are you? Huh, me too. <laughs> Amazing. Providential. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Yeah, we, we need the uh, we need the aliens guy meme right now that just says Providence. <laughs> <laughs> I got the hair for it. Yeah, I'll that's true. <laughs> so we're uh, we're continuing the the Mark study again. We're still in chapter one, but this will be, I think, <laughs> by God's grace, our last episode from Mark one. Uh, well, any any outstanding thoughts about the first chapter of Mark's gospel account at this point? Any any no. context that would be helpful for our discussion in your mind? Mm, not that I can think of. Cool. Um, the the only thing I can think of was that the last time we talked and we we were discussing about the demon possessed man in the synagogue, and similar things are are going to come up in our passage tonight. It, it, but but our passage refers both to like physical healings as well as people being uh, freed from demonic possession too. Um, But silencing demons seems to be as, as big of a factor for Jesus as getting them out of people. Which I think is kind of interesting. So, and we'll, we'll see that. So Uh, would you like to read or would you like me to read? Sure. 29 through the end, right? Uh, Yeah. Let's be aggressive. Okay. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's brother, I'm sorry, Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once, and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone but go, show yourself to the priest, and cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. Nice. Here ends the read. So we're 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 getting to the part of Jesus' ministry that certain segments of the church love to emphasize over everything else, right? The, the miraculous healings. 
healings, demonology, all the fun stuff. Yeah, the fun and exciting things. Uh, just I don't know, just as like a like an initial thought, having just read the passage, does is this something that maybe people on our side of that discussion tend to underemphasize? Maybe, or probably. Do we have the right emphasis? <laughs> you tra- you trapped me. Okay. <laughs> That's how it is. Um, I would say we have the the right amount of emphasis. Yeah, you know, I was I was actually talking to uh, someone about this the other day. Um, just in, in regard to genealogy or uh, genealogy, demonology, um, we, we were going back and forth, um, in small group and it was brought up like, Hey, we can discuss this, but let, let's not put our whole focus on this because that's not what we should have our eyes on. And, uh, and I guess that makes, you know, that makes complete sense. You know, our eyes are supposed to be on Jesus. The rest, you know, we, we should know how to defend ourselves against specific things. Um, but as far as focusing on to study, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I'm with you for the most part on that for sure. Um, I think part of the I don't want to say danger, but maybe part of the um, part of the risks or, or uh, I, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll say risk. Part of the risk of being very very interested in these kinds of topics is that they can tend to like overtake your entire thought process. So then everything gets filtered through either looking, seeking for miraculous healings or looking for every demon around every corner too. And, and all of a sudden things that are the result of sin and in our own temptations become the active work of Satan himself or demons. And so the remedy for certain ailments, you know, or certain afflictions in our life aren't uh, repentance and increased faith in Christ. It's exercising a demon that isn't there. You know, it doesn't mean that demons don't exist, and it doesn't mean that people aren't miraculously healed. But we're we're not actively seeking those things out over and against uh, the the teaching of of Scripture, um, the exaltation of Christ above all else. Um, it, I think it's just a, it, it can tend to reorder the, the priorities of the Christian life in a not so excellent way. <laughs> At least Absolutely. that's what I've seen before, because we're, yeah. we are still supernaturalists. You know, we, believe, you know, we believe in God and we believe that uh, there are angels and there are demons that exist. Um, but we don't want to take that so far that angels and demons are the driving force behind everything. And, and Christ isn't, you know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Those are those are just some of the like the bigger thoughts when I read passages like these. That I just want to make sure that I that I from like just for myself keep these things in check and make sure that it's it's Christ above all, not not searching for, not trying to be a uh, a miraculous healer, you know, or an exorcist. You know, I'm a disciple of Christ. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, something, my favorite thing to point out, and it's a pro- pro- I probably beat a dead horse on this is the <laughs> fact that, um, Jesus didn't do this on, on his own authority. I mean, I always like to remind mm-hmm. people, like it says here, he's casting out demons and he's healing the sick and, uh, all of this good stuff. And of course, yes, Jesus is doing these things, but he's not doing it of his own authority and of his own power. Of course, he's relying on the father uh, for all of these things and the spirit. Yeah. Right. 
Right. You know, he didn't come to do his own will. He came to do the will of the father. Absolutely. Um, and these are, these things are, are part, and, and, and we'll get into this in the discussion, but these, these uh, signs and events are, are part of God's will, but they weren't the reason for Christ to come and, and engage in his earthly ministry. They're, they're, they're part of it, you know, and they're very compelling parts of it, but they're not, they're not central either. For instance, the healing of uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law. So fevers were a huge deal yeah, at this time. Like they were, they were really difficult to treat. Imaginably. Yeah. All, all the things that we do to treat a fever now, uh, pretty much all of them except for hydration didn't exist <laughs> back then. And even hydration was a, was a, a more difficult uh, issue to to manage that than it is now. Um, so, so I, people died of fevers. Um, so she, so she we, very well could have been on her own deathbed. That's yes. And plus, you know, she was living with, uh, with Peter and his wife. So either her husband was gone, died in some manner. And he, and Peter had to take care of her like a good son-in-law. That's right. Uh, speaking of of marriage, uh, so w- would we use something like this? It's against... what brings us together today. <laughs> we could we could use this against the papacy, right? Oh, old, uh, yeah. old Peter had a wife. Old, old Pope Peter, <laughs> <laughs> the first Pope had a wife, but the rest of them can't. Right, and, and he and he kept her too. You know, there there are rumors that maybe Paul had been married at one point, and either she left him or or died or, or something, but he, he very plainly considered himself as a, as a single man, an unmarried man. Uh, Peter definitely didn't. That's, that's interesting that you brought that. I, I've always heard that he was married and she died or something. Mm-hmm. Pharisees had to be married. Correct. And he was like, I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I, I don't know that you could ever find a bachelor Pharisee. So, yeah. And, and I can't remember who said it, but somebody had put a theory out there that it was possible that his wife actually was granted uh, divorce papers by the rabbis after after Paul became a Christian too. Oh. So you know he had he had been cut out of the covenant community in this theory. I mean, there's really no proof for it, but um, it's interesting to think about. It's more likely that he had a wife who who died, but that sounds about right. Yeah, but I, I was entertained by the other theory, at least. <laughs> I'm sure certain. those things did happen back then. Yeah, yeah. I was going to use this passage uh, also as a challenge. If you remember that, I, I told you a couple weeks ago, I was like, I'm going to challenge your understanding of the Apostles' Creed. Not not really challenge it, <laughs> just propose something um, that okay. I read in this and thought, you know, that's interesting. Maybe I'll share that. Um, so I think it's, First Peter or second, it's in the Petrine uh, letters that specifically says he went to preach to those who are uh, um, enslaved or chained or locked away or in Noah's time. Okay. Okay. So, um, and then in the, uh, the passages that we read, it specifically says he came here to preach to those. Now, I think I've heard a couple of different different theories. 
um as far as as far as that goes like they whenever he says he came to preach to to the the ones who are enslaved or imprisoned he's specifically talking about the people on earth at that given time and then Mm -hmm. the other theory that holds more weight i guess you would say is um his time in hell they they use that to say he preached to people in hell whenever he went um in in those three days um or or i think i spoke to you about this before Uh, he told the thief on the cross today you'll be with me in paradise so it was like Mm -hmm. a same day kind of thing Mm -hmm. so Um, can you can you i guess i don't know answer that challenge (laughs) or theory what is your theory yeah there there are several theories and i i agree with parts of both of those and disagree with parts of those um yeah, so I'll, I guess starting with the thief on the cross, yeah, today you will be with me in paradise. Yes, that's that's true. Um, that certainly was true. Uh, but but so um, the descent, um, I, I, part of the issue is that I think uh, I don't I don't much care for the way that um, the word is used in the Apostles Creed, hell. Uh, it really should be Hades. Uh, or something like that, um, right? Because you know, so we haven't undergone the white throne judgment, so hell really isn't open yet. Yes. Uh, so, so Jesus went to the place of the dead. Um, so you think about like uh, Lazarus um, and the rich not, man. Lazarus and the yeah, exactly. Great example, Lazarus and the rich man, where you can see he's he's in Abraham's bosom, Lazarus the the beggar, uh, and he can look into sort of the other side of of this heavenly place uh, which is termed in the old testament sheol s-h-e-o-l so there's a side um where people are abandoned those are like sort of a chamber for the wicked so to speak Um, so like in psalm 16 you will not abandon my soul to sheol Um, that abandonment is the wicked side of the place of the dead Um, and then, and then Abraham's bosom would be the side for the virtuous, the, the faithful uh, who die. So um, the the idea is that uh, when Jesus breathes his last on the cross, he enters uh, the, the place of the dead. Um, but he doesn't go to the wicked side. He goes to, obviously, the righteous side because he's the only truly righteous. But in doing that, he, he goes to the place of the dead on our behalf, right? He dies the way that any man would die, um, but he's raised for our justification. So I don't, I don't think there's any, any preaching going on there because after all, going back to Lazarus and the rich man, um, the people in the past who were saved did believe in Christ, right? They had Moses and the prophets, you know, they had the word uh, in, in, in believing um, and, and being saved, right? Cause people, this is a, uh, this is difficult for for some people in the in the church, but people in the Old Testament were saved the way that we are saved, right? They they were saved prior to the cross. We are Faith saved the after the cross, right? Yes. Faith in the promise of of the coming Messiah. So the same grace is applied to them that it's applied to us. So Jesus didn't need to go and preach to them as they were sitting and waiting because they already knew him. Uh, so so that would be kind of a moot point for for that for for jesus to to have have done that so no instead so he's he's going to the place of the dead on behalf of us who will die and then being raised to life in in our timeline three days later 
um, for the sake of our of our justification. But really, um, I, and I can't remember who else has has put the timeline this way. I'm I'm blanking on all my names tonight. But basically, he he breathes his last on the cross. He enters um, he enters Sheol, uh, and then and then comes out, is raised, enters heaven, is crowned. Um, big big party. You know the work of justification is complete, and then he uh, he uh, is resurrected bodily again. Uh, another aspect of of uh, of redemption for us then is raised physically with his resurrection body and and then that and then he retains that body even now at the right hand of god the father gotcha so that's the best explanation i've heard and it's sort of an amalgamation of different ones and uh, i'm i'm willing to be challenged on any of it and encouraged to study more because why wouldn't i be (laughs) absolutely (laughs) an excuse to study more theology please thank you very much Uh, so where would you um, put, I guess, that passage in Peter where it says that he went to preach to those at the time of Noah in the timeline? Uh, well, um, I would say it would be related to the theophanies in that time. Um, you know, Jesus is eternal in in. Uh, you know, he, he's the one who created all, um, all things. So, um, I don't, I don't know that this necessarily is, is a, is a, a single reference to the death of, of Jesus and, uh, entering into Sheol. Um, I think it's, I think it's different than that. I don't have an amazing answer for that, for that. That's, that's like one of the most like difficult passages in the entire Bible, not just the new Testament, but um, I do remember it at G3 when I was there, uh, Phil Johnson, uh, preached through that passage and it was, um, I was a little tired anyway. It was a little bit over my head, but I think that would be a good one to go back and listen to now that you've asked this question to see, to try to remember where he landed, uh, on that, on that top. Of course, you know, I would have some different quibbles with him theologically, but not that many dispensationalism of course oh yeah the uh the elephant in the room (laughs) (laughs) yeah both the the train tracks israel and the church heading to the same thing except they're going to branch off eventually when we go to the wedding feast (laughs) deep painful sigh (laughs) and they stay here right i don't don't know why i read that painful sigh I'm I'm grasping onto something here. I, I, whenever I asked you about where he preached to the time of Noah, and it keeps eluding me. I really wish it's it's one of those amazing thoughts that could be absolutely heretical, but I I, I want to get it out, and I have no clue where it's at. It flew away, so we'll keep going. It's all right. Um, it was a good question, and I'm I'm always down to talk about. I, I feel the need the need for creeds. <laughs> yeah, I like. I like the Apostles' Creed. Um, I, I think I've told you we've got a, a Lutheran fellow in our small group. Uh-huh. Uh, great, uh, he's he's a great guy to uh, go back and forth with. Um, and he was he brought his Book of Concord on Monday. Oh, cool! 
and we got to pick through that a little bit and he was telling us about all their creeds and and uh their sacraments and they, abs- corporate absolution which i thought yeah. was an interesting concept mm-hmm. uh the reformed will do that sometimes um uh we we have even at my church we have a uh um we have a prayer of confession and then um and then assurance of pardon and it's it's right there in the in the order of service yeah it's it, that's worded way. a little yeah it's worded a little differently but it's essentially the same thing um you know the lutherans have their own weird emphasis that they'll put on things like that but it's in, in its essence pretty much the same thing i just um, imagine rc saying tabs all though <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> would that be so comforting to hear that right <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, the I, I have actually uh, it was a gift from Sean, who I used to podcast with. It's a uh, it's a Lutheran um, like daily office type book, like a personal worship directory kind of thing. And uh, actually using that was where I memorized the uh, Apostles Creed for the first time. And uh, I, at the end of it, you know, where the, you, you know, you say one uh, one holy uh, one Catholic church. It says uh, Christian church. He did that too. I was like, <laughs> yeah. wait a second, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're just, you know, we're, they're just not going to use the word, even though it is a lowercase C, but yeah. What? Yeah. One Christian church. I thought that was pretty funny when I saw OG it. Protestant. That's right. That's right. Alert affirming against the papacy in all possible <laughs> manners. <laughs> Absolutely. Scorched uh, earth policy as it comes to affirming against the papacy. We can get behind that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We affirm against the papacy here. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, yeah, okay. Uh, uh, verse thirty-two. So the evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons. I'm I'm curious about why it's that evening at sundown. Uh, Time for relaxing. He's sitting down. They're bringing him the sick. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. The absolute guess. Well, I wonder too if it if it you know with it coinciding with you know the way that that the Jews counted days was that the day actually began in the evening. Yeah. And, um. I just read it. I go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Oh. Okay. Well, it you know it's like it's almost like oh you know it's a new day for these people you know like uh you you've lived your last day with whatever horrible disease that you've been living with or, or under the oppression of whatever demon this is makes me wonder if this is actually occurring on the first day of the week, like after Sabbath is over. And, and so now it's, even though it's Saturday night to us, it would be Sunday morning to them. I have no evidence for that whatsoever, but yes, we do. It's right here. I'm going to pretend like I didn't read the study notes on this and <laughs> go back up to where it says. And oh, no, it was the Sabbath. He was just the synagogue. the synagogue. Yeah. Isn't that something? I didn't even pay attention to that. Yeah, I read I read the uh, study note and then I was like, I'm going to go see if I can prove that myself. And I did with that. He left the synagogue. So he, he sat down because it was the Sabbath and they, they could now at evening bring people to him, <sighs> even though he had already healed on the Sabbath. Legally, they could. Right. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. <sighs> I love this kind of stuff. <laughs> Learning new things. I didn't even pay attention to that. 
when we were reading before. So, they, so all these people get healed on the Lord's day. <laughs> it's before, a new dawn. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life. They're feeling good for any of my uh, uh, music fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, it's interesting. He granted everyone rest that Sunday, you know, resurrection Sunday. And here he's granting those who are possessed by demons rest on that first Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I, part of the language here is interesting too. So in verse 33, the whole city was gathered together at the door. Okay. So the whole city is like mobbing the house, but Jesus healed many who were sick and with various diseases. So it makes you wonder if there were other people like he didn't heal every sick person that came there. Do you think? I mean, flowers would say it says everyone. So <laughs> thanks, Layton. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes many means many too. Not I plug all. that guy every time. <laughs> Please do. Yeah. Yeah. We need a name drop every once in a while. That's not RC Sproul. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, and, and so he casts out many demons. And like we talked about last time, he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Right. I was reading about that. They call it the messianic secret. I like that. They are keeping it quiet from the Gentiles so it doesn't tarnish his mission until it's time, until the fullness Mm -hmm. of time had come. Yeah. Just like he told his mom, right, at the wedding at Cana, like, my time hasn't come yet. Listen to me. Listen to me, lady. It's not my time. Which, which, by the way, saying woman was not, it was actually a sign of respect, not of disrespect. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that stupid argument on on social media that like, oh, he called her woman. How demeaning. Like, no, that was, it was like a sign of honor. Like I, I recognize your, your womanhood, especially being your mother. I've seen that more against Paul than I have Jesus. Hey, Um, (laughs) my son in the background. What up, man? (laughs) Yeah. I thought, God, where was I reading that? I'm sure it was on social media. Dude, I've got to stop limit. I've got to limit my time on social media. Kill a whole day. Um, Speaking of which, I jumped on a, um, someone made a post about a wedding venue. I think they've been following it or or sticking, putting their journey of refurbishing this church. And Uh uh, they finally finished it and they posted pictures and how they, are going to not host gay weddings there, but they will, they're, they're going to stick to their values. And they said, uh, but we can treat you with respect and we'll even like direct you somewhere where you can go. Nice. And uh, they That's got the way to do it. Ripped a new one. That, they had me? like, they had like 1200 likes beforehand. Cause I checked it. And then after the fact they were up to um, their, just the page alone, was it 6,500 likes? from this one post and then it had the the post that went viral they were getting ripped a new one so of course me uh i got on there on shepherd's cast and i commented for you really hour. are in the cage stage <laughs> so i put like 40 comments out there full length you know me novels yeah. comments and then after an hour i had to get back to work but after an hour they don't quit so for mm-hmm. the entire day my Facebook was getting blown up with uh, replies to my comments. So that went on for 72 hours. I'm finally done with that post. And I'm, I unfollowed the post. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. Um, the Rainbow I, Brigade are, are just untiring. Awful. Like, 
they just go on and on. My favorite, they, they had what? There's there's three main arguments they use. If you're going to follow one law, you better not eat shellfish. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you, why are you mixing fabrics? <laughs> yeah. The other one is the infamous God is love. Uh-huh. Yeah. A little Those chestnut. Three main ones. Every single love. comment was, yeah. but God is love. It's just like all those, uh, the NPC memes, you know, have you seen those with like the gray face with the, the two dots for the eyes and the nose and stuff where, where they're just like spewing a, uh, um, like a line from a script or, or like a bumper sticker and like God is love. Like that's a very NPC thing to say in these memes. And there'll just be like armies of little gray faces all saying, God is love, mixed fabrics, whatever. Like that's, I've seen memes of that. It's, it's, I didn't know how legitimate that I've never actually heard those arguments before until I clicked on that post and it was everywhere. And I was like, wow, this is a common thing, apparently. Yeah. yeah they're following and, and they, a script and they think it's a gotcha. They hit you with oh, that and yeah. they're just like, gotcha. Yeah. And I, that's, and you, even if you explain it to them, you're like, no, there's the trifold dispensation of the law here. Let me explain yeah. this to you. And then, 20 minutes yeah. later, the conversation moves right back around to, well, I guess you don't eat shellfish. <laughs> it's the same people who also say that, like, basically, if something's depicted in the Bible, that means that the Bible condones it. Exactly. Like, like David's like, no. <laughs> concubines or whatever. Yeah. It's like, no, no. Sometimes you actually have to show what sin is in order to uh, in order to, to to bring teaching against that sin, you know. Just learn the point of the Old Testament. It was yeah. our need for Christ. Right. You got to have categories for that stuff. It's very important. Of course, so, the, internet's, the internet's a silly place anyway. It, absolutely. It's not a, it's not a real place. <laughs> the metaverse is a real place. I see, I see you know, advertisements hey, if, for it all the time. Yeah, if Craig Groeschel can have uh, fundraising uh, events, or I mean church services there, then it must be a real place. <laughs> Better watch out. John MacArthur is going to write a uh, write a book about him, too, called Disqualified. Ooh, that would be good. Ooh. So um, we're, we made it to uh, verse 34, and your Man, timer's going off here. So you, so good. <laughs> you remember how we... Uh, we determined that we were just going to stop at 34 and then you were like, wait, let's just go to the end of the chat. Yeah, man. You know, I'm an ambitious young man. All right. Okay. <laughs> My hairline may not say so, but I really am. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So maybe we did have more to say on this than I thought, but that's, that's okay. Guess what? Cause get Mark one is still going to be here next time we get together. It, so Lord willing, it's his right. word won't pass away. That's right. We, we you know, we may be dead meat by the time that comes around, but the word will still be there. So, all right, Josh, as always, thank you for being on. Uh, tell the tell the people out there where they can uh, find you on online in the very not real place of the internet. Absolutely, uh, you can find me at Shepherd's Cast on Twitter, um, at Shepherd's Cast on Facebook too, and you guessed it, Shepherd's Cast on Instagram as well. <gasps> so surprise. Or or Apple Podcast. That's right. I started one of those. I forgot yeah. about that. Yep. You sure did. Very good. And you can check the show notes for those links. You can check the show notes for where you can find Reformed Meditations. Hopefully you've already found us before, but if not, here we are. Um, and uh, also in the show notes, you can find uh, links to the 
Bar Network. Yes, Reform Meditations is happy to be a Bar Network podcast. So you should really follow that link and find the whole menu of excellent and delicious Reformed podcasts on the network. You will not be disappointed or led astray. You will uh, be grateful. You will be greatly edified by the content on this network. So uh, do go check it out. Thank you all for listening. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.